everyone. Welcome to Grace Garage Pod with host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Your source for information. If you've been in an accident, reach out to our boy Alex Asante, Bike911.com. I'm back home and thoroughly enjoying day two of the offseason. <laughs> there isn't much of an offseason. Yeah. Jason Pridmore, where are you? I am sitting in a uh, I'm sitting in a hotel in Portugal. In Portugal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm at a uh, I'm about fifteen or twenty minutes from uh, you know, from Portimao from from uh, the circuit. So uh, I'm here for World Superbike. I flew over Monday night and got in here Tuesday morning. And um I mean yesterday I was I don't know what happened, but yesterday I was so just spent and exhausted. I got in at like I got to the hotel probably about twelve thirty. I fell asleep after you and I tried to do the podcast yesterday. It wasn't happening because the <laughs> internet here wasn't really working that great. But um, I crashed out at three o'clock and woke up at like midnight. Like wow. I didn't do anything yesterday. I did absolutely nothing. And the only time that's ever happened before is coming home from Suzuka. One, my very first time I went to Suzuka, Greg. I had to go from Suzuka straight to mid Ohio. And I remember going to bed at, uh, I went to bed at like 10 o'clock at night and I woke up at seven the next night. I woke up at seven at night thinking it was seven in the morning. And I, yeah, I was younger then though. So I didn't have as many cares. So, yeah. I think you were tired. It was a very strange weekend. I mean, can we just say that? It was it was like a weekend of I don't know, the vibe was super weird. And you know, it was. It was. It, it's like it was partially it, the rain, but not really. It was, know. though you're right. Like I could feel the anxiety and the tension. I could kind of like feel it. You said it, but I was even feeling it before you said it. And then it all seemed to go away when Max Flinders finished third in the baggers race at the end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it kind of did. Every, didn't it? Everything just got better, you know? So that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, it's weird that the season's over. And I think I saw a post today that the schedule came out. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it right now. So, why don't we just get into our news presented yeah, by Arai? All right, folks. Well, Helmets, made by the dedicated hands of those who work at Arai, have shown examples of supreme protection for decades. The numerous improvements by their experienced hands and personal desire to further the protection of riders' heads are among the many unique reasons Arai Helmets performs the way they do. From our very first helmet to those we make today, rider protection remains our first priority, and we at Arai shall never forget the value of what we're trying to protect is priceless. All right. Or what we're seeking to protect, I guess. No such thing as trying. Right. Try to get pregnant. Well, I guess you right. can do try to eat. Anyway, um, all right. So first and foremost, I was going to start this thing off, right, with good news because we did the podcast after this news broke. We're going back to mid-Ohio, and uh, that's going to be August 16th and 18th. But the big news for us right now is that the tentative 2024 calendar is out. All right, Jay, here's yeah. what we're looking at. Yep. Daytona, March, okay? That is going to be Super Sport, King of the Baggers, Twins Cup, and Hooligans again, all right? 
So the first race for Superbike will be at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. That's April 19 through 21. Then we're going to go to Barber Motorsports Park, 17 through 19. Road America will be May 31 through June 2nd. Brainerd moves to earlier in the year. So June 14th through the 16th. And then the Ridge is going to be June 28th through the 30th. Then we have WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, July 12th through the 14th. Now, keep in mind, most of these dates are very similar to the where, where they were last year, Jay. It's just okay. a leap year next year. So so some of the days have kind of... What's... Uh, yeah. Not to interrupt you, but what is the... Uh, what's, what is Road Atlanta? Road Atlanta is going to be April 19th through 21. Good. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah, they, <laughs> you looking they, at a golf tournament, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. Because Chuck and I talked about it at, at Jersey, and mm-hmm. they had already made the schedule. Moto America had already made their schedule, and then it came out that Moto GP was going to be the same time. And so Chuck was a little worried because he had to change the, like literally as of last weekend, had to change the date for um, for Road Atlanta because he didn't obviously you can't didn't want to do a uh, race at Road Atlanta, same time as MotoGP in Austin, you know? So they're, they're different. They're different now. So the 12th through the 14th, 12th through 14th is, is MotoGP. uh, MotoGP. And it's really funny because um, I played golf today with, with Remy Gardner Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Alex. And it's funny listening to, to talk about because this came up during our conversation today that the GP calendars got 22 races next year. Yeah, and, and I was saying like, not just from a writer's perspective, but like from a, um, from a, uh, a mechanic crew chief, like perspective. I, mean, I was and and Marcel Schroeder was with us as well. And he was, he wants more races. Cause I think there's only like a, 11 world Superbike, I think this year. And, and Remy's like, I want less, you know, they, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny, but like, they feel like 14 or 12, 12 to 14 is not a bad number, but 22 is just like insane, especially where MotoGP goes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, from the calendar we had, that's right. At the beginning, it was supposed to be 12th through the 13th, whatever. Right. But so it's, it's nineteen twenty one, and then we yeah. go May 17, 19, so on. Mid-Ohio is going to be August 16th through 18th. So for us, Jay, we, we stop racing at, at Laguna July 14th, and then we have basically an entire month off until we go back racing at Mid-Ohio. And in the middle of that month is the Olympics. So it's actually not a bad way to do this schedule. Whether Moto America thought about that or not is kind of irrelevant. It actually is good. So in a way, we're not in the middle of like Brainerd would have been right dead smack in the middle of the Olympics. And that worked that works out great for you then. It could work cool. out great it for me. Yeah, yeah. If I get an opportunity yeah. to do some archery Sick. or something like that, that'd be great. But yeah. also from a viewer's standpoint, you know, our viewers, you know, you know, oftentimes there's split households. Some people are into Moto America, some people are not. And normally because Moto America is only a few times a year, from what I've been told. Moto America wins, but when it comes to the Olympics, if there's something on to be competitive, you know, we don't really need that. It's still then, the Olympics, isn't it? It's still the Olympics. It's still right? the Olympics, so, dude. It's yeah, once every, yeah. you know, four years for the summer and then, you know, two years later. But then we go back to Circuit of the Americas on our own, September 13th through the 15th, where I've been told, I I, I called uh, Mother Nature and we had a brief conversation. You did. And yeah, and she, she wants a, um, 
She wants, wants a redo. A, she no, wants she a wants a two-year-old Himalayan. So <laughs> I was like, look, I'll trade you if the heat, if it's not going to be as hot. Fair. So she assured Fair. me. Great. You know, but she, the thing is, Jay, and I'm not sure a lot of people know this. So I talked to Mother Nature, but she has to go to the heat miser and she's got to talk to her other kid, the cold miser. And they have to have this conversation if about what the weather's going to be, because the heat miser, you know what I mean? Like the cold, he's got Austin and the heat miser is pretty stingy. Anyway, it's, that, that's, a, just, that's a story for another time. You're just anyway. odd. You're odd, dude. <laughs> Do you not know? Are you serious? Do you not know that? No. You don't know that Christmas like claymation thing that they do every year where you have Rudolph, he gets stuck in Southern town and old, <laughs> and old mother and old Santa's wife, Mrs. Claus has to go have a chitty chat with mother nature. And she has two no. sons, the heat miser and the cold miser. Uh, and every time they introduce them, they have like this song. They sing, I'm Mr. Heat miser. I'm Mr. Sun. Da-da, da-da. I'm Mr. Like, 101. Listen, listen, uh, I know I'm not, I know I'm not on top of things, but you're just, you were odd. a kid, weren't you? You were a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. But I, right, maybe listen, I guarantee you there's at least one person out there who's cracking up right now because they know what I'm talking about. Well, that's all right? great. I, and I hope that's great. I have, And I'm sure there's 50 that are laughing and going, what an idiot you sound like. But that's no, fine. That's cool. She's got two sons, the heat miser and the cold miser. One runs the north. One run, runs the south. Old Thanks. Rudolph is that's... stuck in southern town. And Santa needs it to snow in Southern town and the heat miser's not giving up and the cold misers, blah, blah, blah. And mother Great. nature comes in and slaps them both right in the donkey. You know, this is going to be like a 10 hour podcast and you're going on with this bullshit, right? We're going to finish off the season, New Jersey Motorsports park, September 27th through the 29th. I would encourage you to go to motoamerica.com, Check out the post because it actually has listed JP, all the, the different, the different uh, classes and where they're going. You, wow, you know that's on that's on their website right now. Yeah, it, okay, I'm sure they're going right. to come up with that graphic that they had. So what we do know is, like, let's just say hooligans, for example, they're going to be at Daytona, the Ridge, Laguna, Mid Ohio, and Circuit of the Americas. Stock Thousand, which I know is a class you're very interested, Jay, doesn't actually start until Barber, May 17th through the 19th. Brainerd, Ridge, Laguna, and Jersey. Junior Cup is going to be at like Road Atlanta, Barber, Road America, Brainerd, Mid Ohio, Jersey, and all. You know, then you have Twins, uh, King well, of the, Mag- the. But that's the other kind of cool part of the schedule. It goes from Road America to Brainerd, like two weeks apart. Where before we went Road America to the Ridge no. to Lagoon to Laguna, and then up to Brainerd, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. Uh oh, that I What's noticed. The thing? It's well, not some I'll, miser bullshit again, right? This is just going to be I'm like a Mr. Heat Miser. Right. I'm oh, Mr. I shouldn't have said didn't, anything. Didn't. I'm an idiot. I'm Mr. Hundred and One. Friends call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch, that starts to melt in my clutch. Dun, 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 I'm gonna hang. I'm, I'm gonna hang up. Too much. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, <laughs> he's laughing. People, he's I laughing. Can't. I can't even look at you, man. Just Dude, if we had a TV show, I'd be pulling up clips and everything. Oh, Here's the thing. In between God. those two races, JP, yeah. is the Loudon Classic with its $250,000 purse. So it'll be very interesting to see if teams decide they're going to go. Oh, that's what we used to do. Yeah, exactly. You would go. Well, you go Road Brainerd. America, you'd, right, you'd go, back in the day, you'd go Brainerd yes. to Loudon yep. and then back. 
And so it's so it's not going to be as costly for the teams in Cali who might want to participate because the purse is so big. But you're going to go Road America to Loudon to Brainerd if you want to do. It's not in the Moto America spec. That has nothing to do with it. But we know that several teams showed up to race for that 250k. And King of the Baggers is going to Loudon, or they're going to have a, a Baggers not, race. Not, is it? It's not, not King of the race. Baggers. Not, not yeah. King of the Baggers. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Ours. Now, speaking of Mission King of the Baggers. It goes. It goes to eight rounds next year, Jay. Wow. So, yep. So eight out of how a, many? Out of not out of, out of nine. Ten. Nine. Not uh, ten. Yeah, technically ten. So it's not going to. Go the, they, let me let me guess. They're not going to go to the ridge. No ridge. And no. Let me just guess. I'm just guessing here. No ridge. No barber. No ridge. No barber. Okay. Daytona, Road Atlanta, Road America. Up Brainerd Way, Laguna, Mid Ohio, Coda, Jersey. What's I, I know I'm gonna get this on the thing, but can you give me again what's going to Mid Ohio? Okay, so going to Mid Ohio is Superbike. Of course. Super Sport. Super Sport. Uh-huh. Baggers. Okay. No twins. Stock junior thousand. Cup. Stock junior, thousand and junior cup? Nope, no stock thousand. Junior uh-huh. cup and hooligans. All right, so I'll do that again real quick. I, I got it, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Mid-Ohio is going to be Superbike, Supersport, Baggers, Junior Cup, hmm. Hooligans. So no Stock 1000 at Mid-O, no Twins Cup at Mid-O. Twins Cup actually goes down to goes to six. I think there were seven this year, so they go down to six. Wow, okay. So Junior Cup, Junior Cup, eh, let's see. So Twins actually ends at Circuit of the Americas. That's their yep. final race. Hooligans yep. ends at Circuit of the Americas. Got it. Everything else wraps up at Jersey. Stock wow. thousand. All right. Yeah. Stock thousand. Junior Cup. Baggers. Super Sport. Superbike. Holy shit. Yeah. That I don't. Well, what? They only got five rounds for Stock Thousand. Yeah. So Bama Brainerd. Ridge Laguna Laguna's mm-hmm. back on the schedule for for stock. They, they didn't go yeah. there this year, and then Jer- no. and then then they're actually going to Jersey also. Mm-hmm. So they're not so they're not going to Atlanta because they were in Atlanta last year. Wow, right. yeah, it's it's very interesting. So, so stock thousand season won't start until May. Yeah, uh, Junior Cup will start in April at Road Atlanta. Yep, you have Twins Cup. You know, like I mentioned before, Baggers, Twins Cup, Hooligans, and Supersport all starts in March. Yep. And so then Superbike will start. So only so uh, you know at, at Road Atlanta. So Superbike and Junior Cup begin at uh, at Road Atlanta this year. Interesting. So. Well, cool. We'll go to MotorAmerica.com, people, and you can see. Yeah, we jumped all, all over a bit. The stuff. No, I, that's cool that you yeah. did, that, that you put, set put it in your all, calendar. So. Yeah, I'm glad we got it in before we. Uh, before we get going, but other than that, Jay, um, yeah, I, I was going to have you give us some insight into Moto into Mid Ohio and how it all came about. But yeah. obviously, we heard that on another podcast. But to give us the bottom line as to those people that maybe didn't hear a podcast two years, like two uh, two podcasts ago. Why oh, do we get to did, go back to Mid Ohio after not going since two thousand fourteen? I didn't realize. Did we get into it before? I don't remember. But anyway, I, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You you told us about the whole trip and about yeah. Um, you know all that stuff but i mean the bottom line is is that we stopped going when moto america took over in 2015 
And the reason we stopped going was because uh, surface surface was really shitty. Surface was bad, and there's a couple yeah. of areas that basically Moto America, when they came on board, said, "Look, we want to go to venues that we can comfortably race in the rain." That's Which it. I love because we've we've stayed away from super speedways. Yeah, where you can't race. I mean, I love the fact that Moto America has taken that stance where it's a you know if the surface is really bad or other things are really shitty, they're going to not go there because the the whole narrative of like let's shut everything down and race on Monday or some crap like that that was really inconvenient a lot of times back in the day. Um, you know, you're you're sitting at. I remember one year at Daytona, we sat around for a week for it to come back the following weekend, and that was just stupid. That was in the before you even got involved, GW, in the mm-hmm. series. So it's a long time ago, but it's like, you know, now it's if it's raining, we're racing, and we don't have to compromise schedules and all those kind of things too much. So, um, yeah. So so Mid Ohio, basically, what they did, there was two places that we were always concerned with as riders. And when I was on the AMA advisory board, I used to tell them, hey, we got to fix this. We got to fix that. And they never did. Well, they did. Eight years ago, they fixed it. In fact, the new owners of the track didn't even know that that had been fixed. Um, Because when I got there with Chuck, I said, hey, has anything really changed in the last 20 years? And they said, no. Track's the exact same and stuff is the exact same. But they had indeed changed things. So... um, I mean, I was, the good news is the building where we're going to commentate from, is, that hasn't changed. It's probably still gum stuck underneath the table from when I was there in 2001 or something. That's the only problem is it's like I think that if people are going back to mid-Ohio and remembering it, how it looked aesthetically, optically from from when you drive in, it looks the same. But it just needs a coat of paint now. You know, like all, mm-hmm. the, all the roads that lead – into pit down to the pits they're all got grass growing up through them and the fences are are they're not falling down but they're all they just need all that place needs is a little touch-up but i would much rather the track be perfect and deal with some of the other stuff than the track be boy you wouldn't have been able to race it the way it was i think a lot of the problems that people have with brainerd are the fact that it's just it's not the nicest place like the bathrooms are shoddy um, just everything about it is run down. And a lot of people, I know there's, it's a split thing. I could ask some writers and they're like, Hey, I don't mind Brainerd the track. And then other writers hate it. And it's, it's inconvenient for our timing and scoring. I talked to Jason about that a little bit, you know, where mm-hmm. the start, the start finish line isn't really in front of where we all are. So that's a little kind of weird. So there are some weird things with Brainerd. I love the area. I love going up there. Love it. Um, so Anyways, but it's great a tough news. one too. You know, we, we, you and I have talked about this offline. I'm not sure if I've spoken about it from from a business side of things. Yeah, what's interesting is there's a very small window in that part of the world that people are on summer vacation, and the region in which we race at Brainerd is right dead smack in the middle of those lakes and all the summer stuff. And so, what Moto America realized the first year in trying to get people there was they started to like roll out the advertisements and the information about the race much too late. You have to start doing it way back in January because you need people to schedule inside of their vacation time that they're going to spend. So I had some friends from the Twin Cities last year that were like, hey, we're just going to come up and go to the races. 
but it's a far enough drive where they wanted to stay overnight. They wanted to stay over Saturday night. They couldn't find a place to stay within two hours of the racetrack. Wow. You know, they had to go all the way down to like, well, I guess they could have gone down to St. Cloud, which is what, an hour, hour and a half? Oh, it's a hour ways. 15? Yeah, but, it's a ways. But we ran into that problem up, like the first year there. It was the same. We Michael and I stayed quite a ways away. So, yeah, yeah it's... Um, you and Michael Hill or Michael Gilbert? Michael Gilbert. So, so yeah, anyway, so... Uh, so it's a it's a strategy there and yes it looks like you you literally like if anybody in hollywood wants to make a movie from 1975 all they got to do is go to brainerd and they could just have the backdrop they need i do miss the paul bunyan that we used to be that do do big time yeah it's yeah. it t- takes a it's still there it's still there but um it's on the other side of town from what i understand i still haven't is seen it? it since we've been back anyway it's over yonder is it it's yeah, that's right. It's up. It's oh, it's up Brainerd way. It's oh, up yeah. Brainerd way. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on with this shit because it's yeah. going to be a long. Anyway, already is. <laughs> we got you singing. So, anyways, we're going. Ah, uh, uh, Mister Cold Miser. We're going uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park final race of the year. G Dub yeah. and I obviously were there. It was one of those typical weird New Jersey weekends where. <laughs> I pulled in there. I did a red eye. I got in at Friday morning. I got in Friday morning into Newark, New Jersey at five minutes before five and got in my car and drove down to the track. Actually, Beautiful I drove day. to the hotel. Beautiful, stunning day. It was cold and blowing. <laughs> the one thing I couldn't believe was how many people were there on Friday. It was – I've never seen it like that there on a Friday. The people from Jersey – they come out for that race. Yeah, they we, do. Which they we do, appreciate. Which we appreciate. But we knew Tropical Storm, who gives a shit, was flying in, uh, <laughs> right? And I, yeah. so I, I do think that some. Sorry, Ophelia. I didn't mean to. You disrespected Ophelia. I did. I disrespected Ophelia, and, and, yeah. and much apologies. But uh-huh. and I think that that was part of the rush for Friday. Yeah, you know, and I, and the problem is, is the the bummer is, as I see it, is that because again, no Eagles, they played. Oh, that is just a sad sight. They played. Uh, now you know. Uh, now I know Jason's doing this podcast in his underpants. Now That's you know. Just, I just his laptop the, fell hey, down, and it's no, just, it didn't fall down. I didn't do it on purpose, though. <laughs> now you're doing it on. Purpose. No, no, no. I'm plugging in my. I'm. I. You know. I don't want this entertainment to die. So I'm. Pl- I just got home. Anyway, whatever. Let's go I over the a, results. I, I have I all the results pulled up. So thanks, you're. So kind. In Superbike, Jake Gagne won by 16 seconds in what ended up being torrential weather. If you saw the broadcast, you know. Yeah. Again, just but after Friday, huge... we didn't get any good weather. Did anybody no. go out on? Did anybody go out on slicks again after Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Skultz and, and Heron did. In okay, both but right? no, no, no. no but but yeah. no race yeah. winner, no yeah. race winner, and nobody who turned a fast lap after Friday. Yeah, was on anything on other than anymore. rains. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. They were on That's rains. Right. So basically, we had full rain conditions. They shortened the races from twenty down to sixteen, um, and so we went. Uh, what? Gagne, JD Beach ends up second. Corey Alexander yeah. third. PJ Jacobson fourth. Although PJ finished second on the track. Josh Heron in fifth. Skultz in sixth. Uh, Benjamin Smith. Then Hayden Gillum, Nolan Lampkin, and Mesa. Your top ten. Escalante was eleventh. A lap down. Uh, Danilo Lewis was a lap down. We thought he was going to be a lot better. Bobby Fong and Max Flinders. Um, 
So the situation was pretty simple. PJ Jacobson passed under a waving yellow flag. He claims he didn't see it. Irrelevant. If if he didn't see it, makes no difference. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They tried to give him information. He couldn't really make heads or tails of it. So they relegate him two positions, and Corey Alexander gets on the box. Then we go to the next day. It's it's not raining, but the track is full wet. But it, it's Hey, had- let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. How does it work? What would have happened, let's just say, because when you look at the results of this race, okay, PJ Jacobson was 3.1 seconds behind the winner of the race at the end. Mm-hmm. But he had a 16, so he had a 13-second lead on J.D. Beach, and he had a 17-second lead on Corey, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if he'd have passed a back marker with like five to go? How do they handle that? You got guys that are basically almost twenty seconds back. I, how does that get handled then? Not. He only had to relegate two positions. I get that, but the two positions that he relegated were right behind him at the time of the relegation. I'm saying, let's say with five to go, those guys now are seven. No, they would have said they would have said two. Like you had to go drop back two positions, and he thought that. Let's just say. Max yeah. Flinders was the first guy, right, to get lapped or something. So it would be Max Flinders in between the two. The other one he needs to drop back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just don't understand how they would handle it. The thing is, is that next year, and I know they'll work on it probably, just like we always see them do, is they'll make a they'll make a change because a we don't have look. First off, PJ passed under a waving yellow. We saw it plain as day because our video crew we 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 stopped it when he passed Heron. You could see the yellow flag that he had gone by. The fact that he didn't see it. That's it happens. Okay. Like whether, you know, you say it's his fault. He just didn't see it. Okay. Regardless, the thing that blows me away is that as a rider, I can see a bike getting pushed off the track and that bike was well within like view. It was halfway. It, it was like between. Yeah. It was I mean, half, it was in the grass, like 10 feet off the racetrack. You, you, you can, and you got two corner workers pushing a guy on a bike off the track and you got to be aware of that. You got to know that that, there's no way you cannot not see that. So at that point, if you know that you have literally just passed somebody, you've got to be aware of the fact that, okay, maybe there was a waving yellow I didn't see or something, right? Regardless, penalizing the guy two grid spots or two spots on the track and trying to get that information to him has to be done better. Because, look, it's raining. You could barely see your pit board as it is when it's raining, okay, Greg? It literally is... And those guys are trying to put stuff up on there on his pit board. Now, I know that we were told that on our board coming across our finish line, there was a sign out for him as well. Yeah, we saw, actually saw the video of it. We did. Yeah. You've got to remember the guy's looking over at his pit board to the right trying to get something. Yeah. And, and unless there's a flag or something that is really being wo- waved at you, you're – I mean, there's a lot going on in that little span. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he – obviously, he didn't know what was going on because he didn't pull mm. in. But I'm saying that there's got to become a better way or, or Greg, just say we're going to penalize you seven seconds, five seconds, whatever the, whatever the number is. Just say we're penalizing you five seconds. And in this case, five-second penalty wouldn't have mattered. He still would have finished where he finished. But that would have been – I think that's a better way of doing it because the confusion I, there was too great, I felt. I think that additionally – if we're going to rely on teams as an as an augment to the information that's coming from Moto America, that perhaps Moto America, or I should say AMA, FIM North America, perhaps they should look at implementing something. We can't do it the dashboard stuff. We just don't have the same dash across the board like MotoGP right, does. Right. 
Yeah. We were they're working toward it, but it's not available now. But maybe they come up with a standard on the pit board that says, like, look, hey riders, if your pit board, if you look at one of the lines that has a time on it or something, that there's a red chiclet there. You yeah. know what I mean? That's that that if you see that red on your pit board, that indicates you've been issued a penalty. And then your team will also put how long that penalty is. So and they they put it out themselves. So you'll get it up on where the flagging stand is. Because if you if you look at the flagging stands that are high, unless it's in a good spot, like Road America, the flagging stand is over the racetrack. Correct. Like it is at Jersey, like it is at Barber, right? The difference is at Road America, you're coming up over the crest of a hill. It's right in your eyesight. Well, you say that, but you're still going to be looking off to the right, and you're doing right. 170 and the, and mile an hour. So yeah, yeah, that's true. And then the flagging stand is on the left. It's true. It's but anyway, difficult. so you know what I'm saying, Jay? Like to say, like, look, teams, everybody's going to have. You could get red, red duct tape and put it on a number you don't normally use, right? And you can slide yeah. it in there. The red chiclet means uh, you've been issued a penalty and then your team says plus five and that means you have a five second penalty yeah. and then from that point forward your team you you make the decision if i was the rider i would just say now just give me my actual position on the racetrack well because the reason is is it's not just for pj right it's for gagne who's out front seeing plus yeah. two on his board and pushing to the max when the reality of it is if 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 pj would have dropped back he probably would have been like 10 seconds behind and it would have been like a plus i mean at the end of the day jd finished 16 seconds behind i believe yeah he finished 16 seconds behind gagne so so you've got a guy up in front that's continuing to push as hard as he can because he's only got plus two when he really has more anyways i just think there needs to become a better solution and i think if you're talking about guys on the weekend who had unbelievable weekends um you know i think pj had a great weekend he had basically two seconds. Um, his penalty helped Corey Alexander, who has been struggle bus all year long because of some things that we all know that's been going on. I mean, it felt like the whole paddock knew things about that. And the thing is, is he ends up getting two third place finishes on the weekend. JD Beach goes second first. I mean, for JD to win this year after winning in AFT. And yeah, I think he finished third overall in that championship, I believe. Correct. Correct. I mean, that's pretty special. Like, there's nobody, you know, I mean, that's just like I think it's amazing. And he rode he rode brilliant in that last race. I mean, he just looked like he was determined to win that race. Yep, we need him back in the paddock. So JD, PJ, yeah. Corey yeah. in the second race. Yeah. Burned. It's wet. They're all on reins. Gagne ends up fourth, just didn't quite look he didn't look comfortable since right. from the beginning we saw. Brandon Posh barely beats uh, his teammate Escalante, who finally figured some stuff out. Danilo Lewis, Fong, Yates, uh, you know, Heron and Matthew Skultz don't finish. They take a big gamble on wet tires. It looked like for uh, for Skultzy that it might pay yeah. off, but then it ended up it, it wasn't it wasn't the move. Which, of course, keep that in mind, folks, as we talk about what happened in Twins Cup. Okay. Later on. Well, the thing is, is that Matthew took a chance on slicks and the lap that he crashed, he had just trimmed it down to where his best time was two seconds from where the leaders were. Mm -hmm. I talked to Corey Monday, Corey Alexander, and he said, you know, slicks wouldn't have been a bad choice, but turn one was awful wet, which is it, it looked like it wasn't ever really drying. Like to me, turn one, even when other Mm -hmm. places on the track looked bad, Craig, I felt like, it still looked pretty bad. And then 
obviously the stream across turn 10 was bad. And Corey's like, other than that, there's a chance you could have. And I think that Matthew, if he turns those, I think the fastest lap of the race in that one was like a 34. Let me check. 34-2 from PJ. And Matthew had just gone 38-6. But at that point, PJ was at 36 and Matthew was mm-hmm. at 38. So he wasn't that far off, to be honest. And if he could have kept going, because what lap did he crash on? It was early, wasn't it? No, Skult, well, like Heron four, crashed, five, crashed before him. Right yeah, Skulti made it like four or five laps. Four or five laps. Eight minutes and 43 seconds into the into the race. So, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a bummer. But Superbike, I think, was, I thought, PJ Jacobson did a great year. And we could do like a little Moto America recap maybe during the offseason. Yeah, we'll need to. We're going to need year. some content. So we'll go over all that stuff for sure yep, yep, later yep. on. But we can move on to. Um, go hmm. Super Sport. Just kill it real quick. Yeah, so Ty Scott ends up winning a race. Again, all these are wet races, folks. So Ty Scott ends up winning the race over Maziato, Kayla Yakov, who who was on an absolute freaking tear, ends up fastest lap of the race in third. David Anthony Hayes, Nassani, Lewis, Hobbs, Forez back in ninth place. He was injured as well. Uh, and then you have race number two, which was Hayes, Maziato, Lewis, Kayla Yakov, um, that the 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 lap the pace was faster than it was the day before because it wasn't like your torrential downpour kind of right. a thing. Yakov uh, ends up fourth, just about twenty seconds back, and then David Anthony Nassani, good weekend for Jarrett Nassani on that. Owen Williams, his best in seventh, really Ty, good. Yeah, yeah. Ty Scott, uh, would he run off the track? Right? Oh, his bike stopped. His, his bike, bike stopped. stopped. That was a really yeah. weird deal. I never got to find out why. Silva uh, and Hayden Schultz in there. And of course, you know the championship was was wrapped up a long time ago, so nothing spectacular um, except Ty Scott Maziato, Kayla Yakov thing. You know, had this race been full scheduled race distance in the rain, those results would have been totally different. Well, you know what's crazy saying that because you're right. I thought the conditions for the second race were much better, and Josh went thirty eight four in that uh-huh. race. And on Saturday, when their conditions were quite a bit worse, Kayla went forty. Point Point. six, Mm -hmm. which was pretty incredible when you think about how much wetter it was on Saturday than Sunday. So, I mean, she was the only person to do a 40, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is I came, I came over here obviously. And like, I've already been asked like Jay, like Kayla, like she the real deal. I'm like, yeah, she's real deal. Like, I mean, look, she did two races on a 600, one in brutal heat, one in the pouring rain. And, yeah, Coda wasn't like the best, but she had to have a weekend where she got used to the bike and did things. And then she goes to this track and obviously she's proven to be something pretty special in the wet. So qualifying is what hurt her. But, um, but you know, I, yeah, they were talking about, cause there's, they got this women's championship over here, you know, next year. And I'm like, for me, I don't think there's any reason for her to come race that. Like, I, I wouldn't think it, so. There's no reason like, and you know, when you talk to a lot of the girls, like I know Melissa was like this, Melissa, Melissa Paris, Caroline was like this. Kayla's probably like, they, they don't really want to go racing. In. They don't, they don't really, yeah, I hear girl. They, they really, they don't really want to race with a bunch of other girls. They want to go out and they want to go do good where the competition is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, which is fine either way, honestly, like 100%, in my opinion, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Until we so, get until we get more women in the sport that can prove right that that and and have the desire to 
do the lap times and all that kind of stuff. You, you, that's where drag racing is, right? Some of the best drag racers in the world 100%. have been women because that's kind of that even playing field. And I agree. that's what we're getting to, I think, in motorcycle road racing is there's a couple of other elements that go beyond what drag racing, what, what is needed in drag racing to be one of the best. And Kayla is proving that it can be done. And keep in mind, Kayla's still not 100%. I mean, she's not, you yeah, know, she's, her, yeah. She can get yeah, healthy right right now. You like you say, if she can get her knees fixed and actually be a hundred percent, and then you know, I think for Kayla, once she does that, right now she's a kid. She's a kid, and so she's riding a lot. She rides a lot. Right now, she doesn't need to do more laps. She needs to get fit, like with her legs. In other words, get those fixed, and then get on a proper fitness regimen where. Where because it's going to get harder as you get older, it gets harder. And if she can train the, if she yeah, can start sixteen years old, hard, if she can start 16. training and get and make it part of her life, the way Correct. she eats, the way she trains, yep. and gets on that fitness tip, and then it's not a chore; it's literally how she lives. Yep, pays dividends just in her life, everybody's life. You know, it I never got on and look at the injury. size I am versus you. Yeah, injury and you, and recovery we, and all we that eat the stuff, same. You, know? you eat the same amount of crap that I eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same amount of sugar. Uh huh. Uh, Mr. Food Miser. Did you see that uh, I, I sent Greg? I've landed in Brussels. First thing I do when I get off the plane is I'm walking down through this terminal to catch my other flight. Donkeys. And there's some – well, there was a donkeys, but there was like a crazy donut shop in the middle of the airport too. I sent you the pictures of that. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was they looked good. I didn't get yeah. any. I didn't do it. I didn't do You're it. You're foolish. You got so it. That, I mean, they, they that, just use more sugar in Europe and, and better quality sugar. I mean, you, you like, what are you thinking? What about right. Hayes? What about Hayes? What about Hayes? Big win. Great 80. win. Is he, is he coming 88? Is he coming back? I, I don't see oh, how yeah. he can. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to do something to get him yeah, back. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think Josh, like Josh, I think, understands that a full-time superbike ride, I don't really think that he wants to do that necessarily because – you know, you, you got to race superbike and stuff like 106 degree heat, right? Like, and I'm not sure that he's got the the desire. It's not the desire to race. He's got the desire to race, JP. Yeah. Think about the grind. We were just talking about the Kayla situation. Think about the grind you have to do to be in shape, to be fit, to race against Jake Gagne, to race against Cameron Bobier and be competitive. You're going to, you know, and, and Hayes has, you know, two kids, a wife, they're on the road. His wife has a team. I mean, for him to stay fit at the level that those guys are who end up flying home and, you know, get to, I mean, Cameron's got a wife and a kid, but it's a chill, pretty environment. And, you know, Gagne gets to go back to his dog and his hiking and stuff. It's yep. a, it's a commitment. So super sport doesn't take as much energy. Yep. And, uh, I think, I think he's enjoying winning. I think he enjoys super sport. And I think that if we get another level of talent back in super sport, which might happen next year, you know, yep. get somebody who's been in the class who's fast. Mm-hmm. coming back and might raise the uh the level up then i think it's going to be even better i mean yep. i just love i love super sport i think super sport is definitely here to stay in terms of next generation equipment and balancing and all that stuff and it seems like our fans have embraced it and how it works and so i think hayes comes back i think he's going to enjoy another year 49 i think he tom brady's it and wants to go to 50 mm. that's what i think yeah right. you know tom brady said i want to play till i'm 45 or whatever yeah, and people are like, you can't do it. And it turns out he was, he's was he been the greatest of all time, like Valentino Rossi. Anyway, so moving on. Wow. Hmm? Wow. Uh, King of the Baggers. Wet race, championship on the line. 
just all kinds of pressure packed stuff going on. The race starts. It's like two points between Hayden Gillum or Spoli. 11 points back is Kyle Wyman. Kyle, unfortunately, no idea why. He says no yeah. idea why. He doesn't even make the warm-up lap. His championship's over. It comes down to Gillum and Raspoli. And Gillum, who is just riding like he does not care, loose. And I mean that in a really good way. You know, yeah. like he's just enjoying riding. There's no pressure on him. He goes out and wins nine seconds over Raspoli, who almost got reeled in by Travis Wyman. Good to see Travis back on the box. Now it's down to two. Mm. And in race two, Kyle Wyman goes, yep, got it. You guys, good luck. Bye-bye. Raspoli gets out to an absolute rocket of a start and then, unfortunately, just can't make turn one. Mm. I talked to Terry Vance afterwards, and Terry was like, hey, man, I love it. I love that James had a go and that he gave it a shot. That's right. You know, and then uh, so Hayden Gillum ends up second and wins a championship. Max Flinders third. You mentioned it for a moment. Max Flinders third. This is a guy who has raced multiple classes since the beginning of Moto America since 2015. And it's his first Moto America podium. And the dude rode his nuts off to get it. <laughs> dude, I was talking to somebody um, and they were listening to us and they could hear me like kind of laughing because mm-hmm. I, I just thought <laughs> it was the coolest thing. Like, you know, it's the end of the year. There was a lot riding baggers is our final call of the year. And we have a we have guys separated by seven points and Raspoli and Gillum. There's all this drama, and there had been drama all year long in in this stuff. And I talked to Kyle on Monday, and basically Kyle said, "He goes, you know what? He goes, Jersey was just another weekend of how it's been all year." He's like, you know, James gets James gets second and sixth. He goes. I crash and win. Hayden just was steady this weekend. And it was always like that. If you go back and you look at the season, it's like all the results were just so strange and just arbitrary in the way that things would fall into place. There was a lot of luck involved. Like Terry Vance sitting there telling us going, well, look, we were by far the luckiest team. It's like, yeah, but that's part of it. Right. Like it's just in any, in any sport, like, so you think about it and what he and the way it all went down, and you could play the what if game in in the bagger class all season long. You could just play the what if game. Because you don't think Indian motorcycles right now is doing that as well? It's like, if you, oh. but like, but Greg, like, what were the odds that Tyler O'Hara was not going to win one race this year? Like, no way. And then the guy, the fact that the guy doesn't line up on the first row because he doesn't want to get anybody's way for the championship because his foot was so badly damaged. I saw his Instagram post where he's got, he's got two dislocated toes. He's got a oh, broken foot and Jesus. you know, and it's just like a weird, it was a weird day. And then get well, Ty. Yeah. Get well, Tyler. And then the other thing is, is Kyle says to me, he's like, Jay, you called it though. Like Max beat six guys mm-hmm. that have won in baggers. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. And, and, Shout out to my uncle Kenny because he's like Jason is is his bike even straight because our head on shot coming down the front no straightaway yeah. you could see the rear tire outside the front tire and I started thinking about it I never really saw him get flicked up out of the seat in left handers it was always rights mm-hmm. and it's like he just rode that thing and the last two laps of the race where he's looking back as much as he was 
it's 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 a funny feeling because I still remember my my I finished third of my first thing and it's like you you don't want to believe your pit board. You're like, no, there's somebody there. There's somebody who's going to get me. There's somebody that's like. Yeah, but Jay, when did you do it? After your, was it your first pro race, your third pro race, your second no, year? No, no, no. It was my first year in, uh, it was my first full year of AMA. It was at Charlotte in 1992. In I the finished, springtime? Like, you know I what I mean? Like finished third to Scott Russell and Trip Nobles at, and I just didn't even believe it. I'm like, what's this? I'm on the podium. Yeah. And I, now, and now all, think, I'll all think about feelings. you. So how many yeah. races did you do before you got there? Three? And then Charlotte, or was it at the end yeah, of the middle probably, of the year? Th- probably three or so. Yeah. yeah. Now four, think about doing 200 races like Max has done. Think yeah. about how much he doesn't believe it, right? Like, Correct. and I know that you and I are sitting there going, Max, stop looking back, look forward, because anything can happen, oh. especially in those conditions. Yeah. But dude, and the funny bit was, and one of the things we laughed about was when he thanked his 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 setup people. I don't remember who the sponsor was or <laughs> the people were. And Jason and I were kind of <laughs> laughing because his bike looked like looked like crap. <laughs> I mean, and on a straight line, straight up and down, it was wiggling and wobbling, and, and the two bikes like, in front of him were yeah. like, wow, like dead straight. And I was like, dude, you, you not only did you get third, you just had the ride of your life on a shit box, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a little mean, but yeah, I mean, no, like- no, it wasn't really that bad. But I'm saying compared to the <laughs> compared to the Vance and Hines and factory bikes in front of yeah, it, well, no the question. stability of that thing was was it, it was something else. And I I just can't even imagine. Was, I haven't been a privateer. Was- you know, in the series for a little while, not as long as Max, just the thought about even getting close to a podium, like a fifth place, so let alone cool. on the box. And, it and just, the fans were, they were insane. The fans were insane. But you know, the thing is, is you just root for a guy who, you know, I've watched the video of him in Winter Circle a few times now. And, and I don't know everybody, so I apologize. But the two ladies that come up to him and give him a hug and you just see the genuine emotion there and his crew. And it's like, here's a guy that had no... Even if he's believed it a million times, there was no nothing that day that was saying that Max Funder was going to finish on the podium. And he oh, went out. He was and, hurt. He and right, he, like, yeah. and he went out and earned it. Though he earned it, like he passed Bobby Fogg, he passed Jeremy Williams, he beat Raspoli, he beat. You know what I mean? It's like there was a lot of things, and and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great moment. I thought it was really good for our series to see him do what he did, and there wasn't a single person unhappy. I was. There was somebody in the paddock that said that they were standing near the podium. Was it Trey? It was one of our TV guys. Maybe they were in the truck. And he said, through our headsets, we could hear people physically crying, like bawling, Mm -hmm. seeing him do what he did. So, And Kyle even said to me, he's like, Jay, he goes, (laughs) Kyle said, on the last lap or a lap, lap from the end, like a lap and a half from the end, he looked back coming out of turn 10 and he looked back and saw Max and he goes, Oh my God, Max is right up behind Hayden. Like he was like, <laughs> Oh, he had and, to be wearing it really. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle was like, Oh my God, Max, that's Max. He's right up behind Hayden. Cause he was. Yeah. And, and it took like Max finishing third was the story. I mean, Hayden Gillum wins the championship and did superb all year. Second championship of the year. Kyle bounces back from what, what happened on day one and wins again. And like the the talk really was about was about Max. I, I, it yeah. was great. So yeah, cool. cool I mean, to moment. give you some perspective, in race one, Max finished a minute and three seconds behind the leader. <laughs> he would he went uh, seven and a half seconds slower on his best lap than Hayden Gillum in race number one. In race number two, Max 
was only one of three riders to do a 38. Kyle's best lap was a 38.4. Hayden Gillum's best lap was a 38.983. Max's best time was a 38.927. So Max had the second fastest lap of the race Pretty in third cool, place. Man. Like yeah. 100% too legit. And what what was it? What was he behind in that race? I just clicked off of it. It was like four he, seconds, maybe five seconds. It was nothing because it was nothing. He was right there. And right the thing there. was, is that I saw him because I walked through the paddock. I, you know, I tried to say his hi and bye to as many people as I could. And Max was still mm-hmm. there, still had people around him, still in his leathers. And I said, I went up behind him, gave him a squeeze, and said, "You're probably going to sleep in those leathers tonight, aren't you?" Like, because <laughs> you you never want that moment to end. You never want that. To yeah. end, yeah, and yeah. and now he's got six months or five months, whatever it is, till Daytona again. And now there'll be a whole other set of motivations for that team. You sure? Or does he retire off of a third place finish and just <laughs> <laughs> Max? Yeah, yeah. We know he's not retiring. Don't, he's coming yeah, back now more than ever. You know. Well, we'll get. Wait, to be fair, my first thought when I left the track is we're getting Max on the podcast at some point during the off season, and okay. we'll have to get it to where we hear what like. I want to hear it from him because it was cool. So yeah. sorry we spent some time on that. That was a good story, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that was a great story. Twins Let's, Cup, maybe? Twins Cup? We can go Twins Cup because there also was a championship to be decided coming into this race weekend. Yep. Um, hold on. I'm just getting some stuff pulled up on myself here. I got it, Jay, if you want me to. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. So in race one, it was Blake Davis who wins 11 seconds over Dominic Doyle, Gus Rodeo, Ben Glotti, Rocco Landers in fifth, Hayden Schultz. Ryan Wolf, the 606, which that was on a Suzuki, an aging Suzuki. We haven't seen a Suzuki be competitive, and Ryan was competitive for a minute in race two. Jackson Blackman, McDonald, Spencer Humphreys. So it still comes down to, you know, the end. And in the end, in a red flag twice. Well, Blake is like, leading Blake is leading by two points going into the final one, or was Gus leading by two points? I can't remember, but it was two points going it was, into it the was final Blake, one. It was Blake was leading the way. Great. So it was like a winner-take-all between Blake and Gus. Yep. Yep. So they're racing. Red flag comes out. They restart the race. Blake Davis and Gus Rodeo is behind him in second place. Uh, Filippo Rivoli, who is filling in for what you know the ride that Kayla left on the Wagbar MP13 bike. He ends up working his way up you know, towards the front or started to work his way up. And then, boom, red flag comes out because Gus Rodeo coming out on the front straightaway, crashes, the bike's spinning, has to stop. It's in the middle of the track, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so the, the race is over because they made three-quarter race distance, and then they Did talked they? to Gus Rodeo. Yeah, oh yeah, it was, it was yeah. seven to ten laps. It was ten laps. They did seven laps total. So the rate the race was over. Blake Davis wins, wins a championship. Ravelli in second, one point seven yeah. back. Ravelli was 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 charging, you know, and and was the only other rider. Uh, only only Blake Davis, Gus, and Ravelli did the one forties at that point. Mm. Dominic Doyle ends up third, which was really good. Uh, ben Glady on his return ends up fifth. Uh, Hayden Schultz was fourth. Dallas Daniels on his return to racing ends up sixth. Rocco, who was in the championship hunt, but not really a, a you know comfortable yeah. Moraine, ends up in seventh place. So let's, let's I, talk I about thought, like there's yeah. some there's some good stories in Junior Cup before we go to where you want to go. Like okay. like and we see when you say where you want to go, it's not something that like it's that big a deal. It just it just 
you know. But like, look, seeing Ben Glady back first, I didn't get to see him, but I'm super pumped for the guy. I was happy that he came there because he ran third the first day for most of the race, and then Gus got by him, you know, two corners from the end. Their teammates don't know if he don't know if he let uh, Gus by. It would have been the smart thing to do. Um, but yeah, know, for unlike him, it, in unlike in some other series we have. Yeah, no. So I mean, for Ben, you know, he ends up fourth. Hold on, um, did you see Moto Three? Did you get a chance to watch it? I did see it. Oh my god! Go ahead. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, but so, but like, before anything, like Ben just shows up, gets two top five finishes, and we haven't seen him since the beginning of the year after his horrendous accident and injuries at Daytona. So shout out to him for Rocco. Proud of that guy, regardless. Like we know he hates the rain. He stepped up. He did the best he could. We knew he came in there injured as well, right? Like he was hurt. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And and for all the talk about people like oh, you know. Rocco in the rain. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He, dude, the first day he he rode. He was there. Like I mean, it wasn't like he was um, like like way way off. And I think he had a he had a problem. And um, but I mean, like in the rain, he definitely was had stepped up his game quite a bit. I hate that I can't remember stuff like I used to be able to. But he went forty one. <laughs> what did he do? Forty one six. Yeah, but meters. also don't 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 forget that when it. Like he crashed on his already injured ankle. He crashed in the morning too. A Sunday morning. Going fast, by the way. Like he was like first or second quick in morning warm up at that mm -hmm. point. So roughly. Anyway, so for Rocco, hey, he'll live to fight another day. Hopefully he gets something good. Um, Blake Davis, like gotta give him a shout out. Two time champ now. I mean, the guy did what he needed to do. The first day he basically checked out. He wins by eleven point three seconds. He was class of the field. And I thought Dom Doyle, for him to get two finishes on the podium this weekend, amazing job. Like, good to see him do that, too. He had, like, kind of a shitty start to the year with some stuff at Daytona and then some stuff at, you know, at uh, uh, Barber. And the kid kept fighting. So I'm proud of him as well. So where Greg is going to go with Gus, you know, the problem is, is that, a lot of these guys are kids. I want to give them a I want to give them a hall pass on things. And the you know, when you have the incident that he had, it was a big incident. The guy's racing for a championship and he's got the guy right in front of him that he's got to beat, doesn't he, Greg? So and you know, I had a guy who used to say to me, sometimes you're the chicken, sometimes you're the feathers. And I never really understood what that meant. But I did. I I learned to understand what it meant. And it just basically means is that some days some days things are going to work your way. Some days are just not. And yeah. some days you're the bug. Some days you're the windshield. And and Gus went out trying. The problem was is to call out Moto America and say that they should have postponed the race because blah blah blah, and that we've seen this many times all year with Moto America is kind of shitty too. I I, I wasn't a big fan. Of, I I'm a fan of Gus and I like Gus. That's the thing. And all year long, this kid has stepped up when he's had to step up. And he did it again in Jersey. He, had, I was really impressed with him at Laguna when he got on pace with Rocco there. And the kid's good, and he has the potential to be really good. Um, but some of that stuff, I hate to break it to you, every race, everywhere in the world, they race in those conditions. Everywhere. Yep. They're not. They're not holding up the schedule. I don't know why anybody would feel like they should hold up the schedule for us. Why? I don't understand. All right. And by the way, the schedule never cleared, so we would have been racing Monday. And by the right. way, too, every other class 
rode in the exact same conditions with the exact same tires. And that's just how it was. Like, and oh, by the way, the guy do. in front of you didn't crash. Doesn't, yeah. There's a, it, it, all the that's behind me, you. Yeah. That to, that to me doesn't matter so much. It's just that. Well, it, what that, matters that, to me, Jay, is taking responsibility. You were yeah, the guy on the bike. Yep. The conditions were the same. For everybody. To, and to, you to turn around and, and I'm not trying to be a Moto America. First of all, it's not even no. Moto America. It's the AMA it's FIM North America. Okay, yeah. number one. Number yeah. two, it's, it's just take responsibility, man. You made a mistake. That's yeah, it. Just own up to it. Say, hey, I, I went out trying. You, you, you get up in the case like that, and I don't know if he's got anybody helping him with this stuff, but you get up. You can be as pissed off as you want to be. That's all fine. That's all great. But literally, your story just needs to be, I went out trying as hard as I could. I fell. It sucks. Um, I Hey, congratulations, Blake, and we'll come back and fight next year. That's it. That's all you got to do. There's no reason for all the other stuff to create whatever you're trying to create there. So, no, especially if you're a young racer and you're trying to get a ride somewhere. And and everybody knows you're good. Like yeah. I think Gus is great. Gus deserves a, a ride with a good team. He deserves he deserves whatever he can get as far as competitive machinery and moving on. But he better know that those kind of conditions are going to come up again. And obviously he was doing really well and I mean he got caught out. That's as simple as that. And He'll have to race in those conditions again somewhere else. And if any of these kids want to go race in Europe and they want to go do that stuff, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. all these all these guys, they should go do a world endurance race in France in April. Go to Le Mans. Get a ride over there. It's like, yep. yeah, I'm Nobody's t- holding up anything for that. Every wet, condition. Full wet, drying, water running across the racetrack, standing water. It's all there. 30, 38 degrees, 36 oh, yeah. degrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they, they, did a, they did a rider's meeting about an hour before the start of one of the Lamont 24 hours that I was at saying there is the possibility that we could red flag the race at about one to three in the morning. Cause they're calling for snow. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so that's what it's, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take snow to, to get us off the track. Cause it was freezing. So yeah, <laughs> junior it cup, happens. junior yeah. cup. I mean, listen, one guy, right. You just got to mention one guy. Eli Eli Block, it was his coming out party. Like, hey man, congratulations! He did a did the double. Um, I think anytime you do the double anywhere, that's pretty special, right? So Heck yeah, especially if it's your first win, you back it up with your second win. So sick! And you know he rode. Obviously, he rode very very well both days. I'm just pulling up second day results. Um, first day he wins over Jaden Fernandez and Logan Monk, who again I I didn't know Logan. Um, he did great. Yandel Medina, Rossi Moore, Shedden, Rivera, Cunnison, uh, Max Van, and uh, Dylan Singh were your top 10 in race one. And in race two, it was Eli again over uh, Levy Batty, who went from fourth to second on the last lap. He overhauled uh, Medina and Monk, Rossi Moore fifth again, Fernandez sixth, Shedden, uh, Salem, Cunnison. And how about this, GW? We didn't even say it on air, I didn't catch it. Renee Franco finished 10th after her get off on day one. Oh, awesome. Awesome ride for Renee. I mean, it's pretty she, cool. Right? She boinked her head. Yeah, she did. Hard. She yep. gets up and throws it in the top 10 on the second day. Very mm-hmm. impressed. Very impressed. So, another season in the book for us. I can't believe how quick they go by. Um, I, we, dude, I had a blast. I didn't even get to thank you on air. I didn't get to say, like, we didn't get to thank all of our crews and, 
you know, the Motor America staff, all the timing and scoring and the medical personnels. And Normally I do that on the banquet too, you know what yeah, I mean? And thank we didn't our get ET do- and our producers and everybody, but didn't get to deal. thank anybody, but it is a big deal. And normally we get to do that. Uh, yeah, Jason think- and I are a small, small, small Tiny cog in the wheel of, of how many people get that, get those pictures on air for you guys, get good audio on, get the graphics, stories, everything. That's it's right. It's a it's a thing. It's a That's thing, right. people. Yeah, and and like, I just loved it, and um, it makes me feel good when people from it makes me feel good when people from the paddock come up to us and tell us we're doing a good job. Um, you know, we've been doing this job for a lot of years now, and I'm seeing the series. It's it's. I don't think you can ever escape negativity. Um, it seems like that's the world we live in these days. Yeah, of I know, and we live in. We live in this family within a family of people that are trying really hard to make Moto America uh, and motorcycle racing in America good. And I tell you, I come over here, Greg, and I had so many questions about Moto America today. Oh, just really? in the just in the time I was, you know, I I hung out today, and it was, you know, I had Alex uh, Lowe's and and Marcel Schroeder, Remy Gardner. They they're all very curious about things you know like what's going on over there how are things and um and i know it's going to happen again when i get to the track on the weekend and you know these the the people that are trying to help us are the people that you know wayne and chuck and and richard and all the people that are there they've made an impression on the world the thing is these people are watching and i just hope it continues to grow hopefully and get better and i'm glad our schedule is out you know, again in September and not January like it used to be. Yeah, know? seriously. So, I think people forget very quickly how it used to be. Used but to speaking be so of that, bad. how it used to be in India for MotoGP, we had <laughs> yeah. a sprint. How about that transition, huh? That's, That's pretty professional. Good. You like That's that? That's Just tell me mm. shut up. Just tell me shut up, G-Dub. That's no, good. no, 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 no. Jorge Martin ends up winning over Peco Bagnaya and Mark Marquez. This isn't a practice session. This is a sprint race. Bender finishes in fourth. Marco Bedzecchi in fifth. Quadraro, Miller, Vinales, Raul Fernandez in ninth place. DG Antonio. Jay, it's about a lot of this to me is about the team and the rider, not just so much about the rider because this was a new racetrack, gathering new information, blah, 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 blah. That was only day two. So we know that people can race. In the actual featured length race, my boy, Becco Bed- Bedzecki, Marco Bedzecki, he's my mm-hmm. boy, all of a sudden, as I had in Golden Fantasy, scored me like 45 points. Oh, had wow, I wish I turboed nice. him. Hey, yeah, what place? He, well, I, we'll get to that in a minute, I guess, what place you're in. <laughs> Can hardly wait. <laughs> Go on. He he wins by 8.6 seconds. Yeah. And then Jorge Martin, Quateraro, they were locked into a battle. Yes, I'm telling you, Yamaha and Quateraro ends up third in – what was just a, an incredible ride over Binder. They had him by four seconds. Joan Mir finishes fifth. Let me yep. say that again. Joan Mir finishes fifth. Zarco in sixth. Morbidelli, Vinales, Mark Marquez, who who put her down on the asphalt early, ends up ninth ahead of Raul Fernandez. Nakagami, who was re-signed recently. Oliveira, Aspargaro, Jack Miller in 14th ahead of Brottle and Piero. Uh, Bagnaya ends up tossing her down the road. Alicia Spargaro does as well. Impressions about the race and your thoughts after seeing India. I don't even think that Marco Bezecchi's win on Sunday was as impressive as his ride on Saturday. He about gets cleaned out by his teammate, 
Marini and Marini actually broke his collarbone. So he's not going to be racing Japan. It doesn't sound like, but almost cleaned out his teammate, but Zeki came through the field and he had like two or three of the, it might've had two or three of the fastest lap. He had the three fastest lap times of the race coming through people to finish fifth in that sprint race when he was back in like 17th or something. Like you think about how the speed he had incredible. And then it was like pretty much not even a big deal that he won on Sunday. Cause everybody there thought he was going to win anyways. And it was just a matter of that point dealing with that kind of pressure of, well, everybody's expecting me to win, you know? And you know, the funny bit was if you listen to all the post-race stuff, it's always like, Oh my God, Marco, you won by such a long way. Uh, yeah. He said, look, I got into third. I had to pass because front tire heat was going to be an issue. It was mm-hmm. really hot. Yep. We saw that um, Jorge Martin, had his suit had opened, and we were speculating on what happened. Jay, I think what happened was Jorge Martin didn't make the post-race press conference because he was exhausted. So they do the Park Firma interviews. They do the thing. Then they take him, and they sit all three of them there. Then they have another place they're supposed to do more like one-on-one interviews, and Martin never showed up. So I think he opened his suit. I think he was physically exhausted. It was was ridiculously hot there. I'm well, not sure it was Austin hot, but it was hot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well So that's I was, that- I, I was I was literally around about ten or fifteen people today, okay? Yeah. And it's funny the information that it's funny the information that I got just today alone about all MotoGP about even that race, because it's basically a rule that you have to have a chest protector in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you remember, Martin didn't go straight to Park Ferme. So there's a few guys that were saying, like, they were basically saying they don't think he put his chest protector in before the start of the race because it was going to be so hot. And that's why he stopped at his pit box on the way in. And there's some there's some funny stuff being said about <clears throat> Jorge Martin not getting back to Park Ferme as quick as everybody else. And... I guess if you're going to play the narrative off that you are just absolutely spent and tired, you don't go to the press conference either, possibly. But it there's a lot of speculation and things. Dun. Yeah, but it sounds like, yeah, it sounded like it was kind of an interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, even the Marquez situation right now over there, like everybody here thinks he's gone. Nah, he's going to stay with Repsol. Everybody says this he's whole gone. thing is going to turn on a dime. He's yeah. going to stay with Repsol. They're going to announce Jason Pridmore's on Grassini. Mm. Everything's going to be good. Right. Yeah, and no. It'll be interesting. Roger. But I think that, uh, I think, you know, Bedzeki, Bedzeki and Martin are riding great. But the bigger story again is Bagdaya kind of choking again. Oh, like, like, right? I mean, it's, he's done this now half a dozen times where he's, where he's led and where he's, look, he won the championship last year. But I'm saying right now that if Quattararo was on anything but a Yamaha at the end of last year, he probably wouldn't have won. I think Quattararo's race intelligence is really high. And the fact that Yamaha and Honda did so well, um, a lot of people are putting that down to the fact that Ducati has a lot of analysis going into these races. Of There's a lot of, it, there's a, there's a lot of things that they use going to the tracks that they go to. They had nothing for India. So they feel like that's why Honda and Yamaha did so well here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I think, too. 
right? Yeah, that's a, so. that, and then we talked about that it's, on like on Thursday, Friday. Correct. Yes, it, that is it's you, you, you just because the engineers in Japan aren't putting together a bike doesn't mean your engineers at the racetrack. Yep. I mean, HRC has got some of the smartest folks. Yamaha still got some of the smartest folks. So it's like, who's going to get that information the quickest and who's yep. going to be able to translate that into results. And I think that that's, that's what you saw is that some of the teams didn't quite get it figured out. And Ducati didn't have eight riders worth of information and all these years worth of data that they even share across platforms. So I mean, they did well. Obviously, they won. You know, they won the race, and uh, you know, for good reason. But I think that that shows more the riders than everything else. And if you look at how many red shirts are around when Bedzeki wins, I only saw two red shirts celebrating with the Mooney team. Yeah, where you know, obviously, there are more red shirts spread across the other teams, and so you have to kind of wonder, okay, how many people are actually Ducati direct people? How many people are actually Mooney people? But nonetheless. We didn't really learn anything. I think I think it's going to go right back to where it's been all season long. It's not. This is an anomaly because nobody's been there. But now the next race we go to is where are we going next. We're next weekend we go to oh Mategi. Plenty of information, all that kind of stuff. I don't really see anything changing all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, let's I go. agree. Kind yeah. of be bus- you think it'll be business as usual back I there? I think so. Mitegi? Yeah, I think it'll be. Yeah, I, I think, think so. the other thing you got to remember too is that uh, Marini was out. Alex Marquez was out. Those are two Ducatis that were generally up there that sure. were that that showed that they had pace in the weekend. Marini especially. Uh, Alex had Alex had got through from Q one to Q two as well. Not taking anything away. Look, this is what I'm saying. Quattararo no. is extremely intelligent. So Moto two race, mm-hmm. um, kind of boring to be honest with you. It was a well, check business out. as usual. Yeah, Acosta just split, didn't he? Just gone. The battle for third was great. So Acosta wins three and a half over Tony Arbolino. Yep. But then our boy Joe Roberts ends up in third place in a Loved really it. fierce battle with Garcia. And I'll tell you what, man, Roberts, the, the, the bike, he mentioned it post-race. The bike looked like it was skating on top of the asphalt. And he had to take some chances to do that. Garcia kind of gave it to him with a couple corners to go, I suppose. But Joe fought for it. You know, meaning it. meaning there wasn't it. the last corner lunge or anything like that because Garcia ran wide. Unbelievable result for Joe. I love Great. it. Gonzalez, Van de Gorborg, Jason. Again, this is one of those tracks, right? A newer track who adapts. But Zonda Van de Gorborg, Gor, Gorberg, it was that, of course, the XGP racer. He ends up in sixth. They had a Bender, Baltus, Ramirez, uh, Solich in 10th place and on back through the field. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Kind of a boring race, except for when it comes to Joe Roberts. And I'm glad they keyed in on that race at the end for third. And I'm very happy for Joe as he is only, we only have what, like seven, six or seven races left in the season. And that's going to be it for him with the Italtrans team as he goes to American Racing. Yep. Now, think, Moto. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it's just such a boost for that guy to get that. Cause, dude, they're not even, are they halfway done with their season? I, they maybe. I don't even Who, know. Who, MotoGP? Yeah. No, there's only six rounds, seven, six or seven rounds left. There are, yeah, I mean, so keep in mind, bro, it is September. You know, no, I get it, but they still got like, I thought they still had like eight races to go. But Negative anyways, Ghost Rider. Let's so see, that's, hold on a second. They that's good then. That's that's it's three, just good for Joe to get that. Six. Yeah, only seven races to go. Okay. So we have one eight, left. Right. You know, it's the end. Of, it's the end of September. So you go to Japan. Then they have three in October. You're going to go Indonesia, Australia, and then Thai. And then we go Malaysia, Qatar, and then to Valencia at the end of the Valencia. year. No, it's great. And then Moto3, crazy race, hey? 
Yeah, crazy race. And I mean, Masia gets out and, and he and Toba started to battle up a little bit, right? And yep. and then eventually that kind of broke free. But then the the weirdest thing happened. I mean, you're talking about Ayuma Sasaki, who's on the the Husqvarna, right? The Likumali Husqvarna Intact GP yeah. team. Yeah. He he's he's in third position. Um and I, I mean, I, I don't even know how you explain what Well what, his him and his teammate start basically battling right and yeah, then with 16 cor- year old or 17 year old teammate vire yeah and then with two with two uh corners left sasaki runs it in there so fast there's no way he could stop and vire sees him coming underneath him and starts to turn but sasaki can't make the corner so he touches the back of sasaki's bike and he crashes and sasaki didn't right so sorry let me back up masia and sasaki were battling Right, early, Sasaki, early, early, right, yes. and then Sasaki had like if the in the virtual points, Sasaki has the championship lead. Yes, correct. Okay, so then Toba catches him with Vire, his teammate, and then the three of those guys start racing. But Vire, who would look like, and I actually agree with the commentators in this one, looked like he was kind of protecting from Toba for a little bit, leaving right. Sasaki in second place, so he would leave the race weekend with the championship. And then out of nowhere, after they looked like they kind of disposed of Toba. They did, right? yeah. They were racing a second. on their own. Yep. Then all of a sudden, Vire and, and Sasaki start banging into each other. Well, Vire made a clean pass on him in the left prior. And then the thing that's crazy to me is Vire's never finished on the podium. And so he was really close two races ago somewhere. And like some situation like this happened again where he got cleaned out or he took himself out. And this is kind of the same. Like Sasaki wasn't going to make that right hander. And yeah, it, it just is. It's Jay, are you things. a person who gets upset over things that could have been? Most people I know in this world get upset at, in traffic all the time, right? You see people get upset. You could have run into the back of me. You could. I never really get upset over could have. I look at reality. Mm. But I could see that this team being upset because Vire almost took out Sasaki. When they, you know what I mean, like in his aggressiveness, and at least Sasaki ends up finishing third. And where's gets, Fire in the points? Do you know? Uh, uh, let me look. I mean, he's nowhere. I don't think he's anywhere to be seen, Jay. I think it was more for still, Fire. There's still a lot of season left, and a yeah, he but, might he may not have a deal for next year, or maybe no, he's no, already no. Been, I, you know, look, I agree with you that he should have been racing for the podium, but I, he made clean passes. He did, and Sasaki was the one that kind of. I wouldn't say it wasn't clean. It's just he wasn't going to make the corner. Yeah, I wasn't going to make the corner. He was going to make it, but he was going to be very wide. So it was risky. I think the thing is, is it was massively risky. Like, so Byers 13th down. in the points, Jay. He's got only 58 points. Yeah. So, so what we have now is Masia is at one. Sorry, Danny Halgado is at 174. Masia yeah. is at 174. And Sasaki's at 173. Right. Okay. So it is one point between three riders. And Alonzo is at 151. Got it. And the thing is, is yes, okay, it coulda, woulda, shoulda. It didn't, but it, but it was close. And I thought it was just odd. I thought it was odd how how hard Vire was racing for it. But on the other hand, like you're saying, if you're young and you're going, this is my career, he's got to figure it out himself. That's that's what I would have done as a team. Yeah. What, like you're saying, with seven races to go, you got to let him race. If this was the last race of the year. And and had you know Sasaki needed that second place finish in order to win the world championship, Vire probably wouldn't have a ride, mm-hmm. right? You're right. Yeah, so, you're right. 
but but it's wow. not. It's it's at that point it's eight, you know, it's seven to go in in terms of races and all that kind of stuff. It was just strange. It was nice. It was a good good looking race for for second place, and it had massive implications for the championship. And the bottom line is is that you know Sasaki is not the championship leader with seven to go, but anything can happen in yeah. seven races. Yeah, no. The variety so, of tracks we're going to. So they're in Japan this weekend, and I think that the overriding news of what Marquez is going to do if it gets announced this weekend will probably go through and not be as big a deal as any kind of uh, results that get thrown up. So yeah, with that, with that, G Dub, we'll skip over fantasy and go to World Superbikes. One thing we can do, and let's talk real quickly Mm-mm. about fantasy because. Mm-hmm. You were, talking, you were talking smack about necessary. me not beating you, about me doing this shit and that. We I bumped we up a ton. Mm. Let's see where is G-Dub it, is. G-Dub, 221st, G-Dub. Nice. Did you, did you cut the track? What 170th. I'm 170th now, G-Dub. Oh, my God. But even more important than that, like our top 10 is moving a lot. Now we got Kingfisher leading over Motor Ranch 46. Uh, the difference there looks like it's about 40 points between those two. Team Rhino, Zaplantis, AMA, Someday 91, Scotto 19, Homer's Hell, Satan's. Love that. <laughs> Where's DJ 60X? In, in, in Homer's Hell, Satan's, thank you for the listen. You're in England, apparently, on this deal. So, Love like, it. thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, it's probably one of Jason's relatives. He doesn't even know. Probably. JP sponsor me. He's eighth. Nice work. <laughs> Red Spade. They're still hanging in. And by the and way, next year, J- JP sponsor me. Instead of naming your team, your team name, JP sponsor me. Just give us like your PayPal inter- uh, email address so Jason can just send you money. Yeah, I'll just do that. I'll just send you money. But you know, one of the one of the stats that we keep every week is now running in sixteenth place. Hey, Mike F is the first person on the list here that has all three Note. of his turbos left wow. at the moment. Where's where's my boy DJ 60X? Uh, he had a big one. Oh, DJ, DJ 30X. Oh, 30X, yeah, sorry. You're, good thing he's your boy, and you don't even notice. That's archery, and yeah, a 60X, nice 30X, it's, you know, whatever. Know people, well, you, yeah. you didn't have it right. 13th. Mm, yeah, he made some big moves. Ooh. He texts me every weekend just just crapping on me. Oh, I'm, in the two, I'm now in the 220s after Peko nice tossed her down the road. Yeah, you're doing great. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know who I'm not seeing on here? Hold on. Because he's been up to – oh, there he is. Troy Simmons. is TB Simmons all the way back to 15th now. Oof. Come on back, Troy. Come on back. You can, you can do it. Hey, I'm hey. One, I'm 171. That's all I'm saying. Fantastic. Join us, Greg's Garage Pod, apostrophe S if you're searching for it. Be part of the community. Winner gets an Arai helmet and a set of Dunlop Q5s. Second place gets a set of Dunlop Q5s, size of their choice. Third place will get a set of Dunlop Q5Ss, the street-going nice. version of that wicked awesome track day tire. And speaking and of, yes. Keep in mind, too, like I said, Mar- transition. Marini and, uh, yeah, Marini and. And um, Alex Marquez. They're both out. Yeah, just weekend, keep an eye right? on that. Get, get them traded. You, only, you know, you get, get them out of Get them off your team. Give yourself a chance. Yeah. Cal Crutchlow's just, in. Don't forget, Cal Crutchlow is going to be back. He'll be on a wild card here at Mategi. Yeah. On, might, next, uh, on, on apparently next year's bike. Mm, I sent out a press release. I didn't read it. But. That's pretty wild, though, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. 
pretty good. All right. World Superbike happened at Aragon as this weekend there in Portimao, which is where Jason is right now. And Rinaldi ends up beating Razgatlioglu and Johnny Ray after our boy Bautista donkeyed the thing right into the gravel trap <laughs> in the super. <laughs> that's an inside joke, folks. Mm-hmm. In the super pole race, Bautista, Ray, Razgatlioglu over Locatelli and Rinaldi. And then it was Bautista, four seconds over Razgatlioglu, Rinaldi in third, Ray, Bassani, and uh, your boy, Remy Gardner, ended up finishing ninth in that race. Jason, he ended up mm. finishing 10th just behind Gerloff in the sprint race. And now Jason's new best friend, Remy Gardner, he ends up seventh mm. uh, in race number one where Petrucci was fifth. The big deal in this one has to be, I think, Locatelli was super fast. His bike looked fast, then it blew up. Kind of the looked like the light bulb shines brightest before it burns out kind of a situation. Mm. Um. I mean, Ray fought so hard again. It's it's kind of the you know the same thing. The championship isn't over, folks. They have Portimao, and then twenty eight days later, or something like that, or whatever it is, you know, twenty six days later, they go to Jerez to finish off the season. It's only forty seven points between Bautista and Razgatlioglu. Now, the total points you can score in a weekend is what sixty two. Yeah, sixty two. 25 for each of the mm, feature races and yeah. 12 for so it's 62 so you got to figure that's 144 points 112 124 points yeah 124 points remain with only 47 points and Bautista if you look at the the last uh four races so Imola most Magni Cor and Aragon of those races Jay Bautista's had two DNFs and yep. he's had two finishes uh, in the in the premier class, uh, premier races where he's only scored single digit points, so like Imola, he scores only twenty five of fifty. At most, yep. he scores twenty nine of fifty. At Magna Cor, he he scores thirty one of fifty. And at Aragon, he only scored. And I'm just talking about premier races, right? Yeah, Not the yeah, spring, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And at Aragon, twenty five. So it's it's you know where he started the year fifty points, fifty points, fifty points, fifty, fifty, fifty. Then the trouble started. Now, it's not the epic collapse we saw a couple of years ago from him when he was on the Ducati the first year. But what I'm saying is, is that him going to Portimao, which is a track he's really good at and he likes, and Jerez as well, but I'm not, it's not a given these last four races. So I think World Superbike's worth a watch, 100% yeah. worth a watch. Well, yeah, and I think that when you talk about it, it's um, there's, there's still a lot of storylines that are there. There's a lot of interesting stories, just like with Redding going to Bonovo next year and Garrett's been doing good and, and like, it's just a lot of things going on. Portimao is such a crazy place. It, it'd be fun if you could come here one year, Greg. It's it, Portugal's awesome. The track is really cool though. Like it's a, it's a, it, it is literally a roller coaster, like they call it because mm. it's, it's all up and down. And I think that this weekend there's definitely some anticipation on what's going on. Um, a lot of good talking about like next year, even with Johnny moving over to Yamaha and stuff. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting off season, and um, yeah, it's it's. I'm happy. I'm here for it. I'm stoked. I'm here, and uh, get a chance to watch it so that next week when we do our podcast, you know, I'll be able to have a little bit more insight and maybe share a few things that I found out and know know what's going on here. You know. Yeah, and a side note: congratulations to Jet Lawrence. He won the three. I don't know. I walked, hyped yeah. up pro supercross world thingies. super motocross world super motocross stuff. Congratulations to Jet. I think your boy Deegan won the 250, did he? My boy. Champ. Oh, my boy Deegan. He won the 250. 
I mean, I don't, I don't really get it. It's kind of three just races and they decided to make it worth a million bucks. So it's a little bit more hype than it is anything else, but that's, uh, that's good. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll definitely talk to Weege this winter, get him on the podcast and kind of tell us about that, all that stuff. Yeah. And don't forget folks, just keep an eye on our social media on Moto America social media. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes of the silly season for Moto America that has got to work itself out. Superbike teams staying, superbike teams going, superbike teams that won't be superbike teams anymore, super stock teams that might be superbike teams. I mean, it's, you know, superbike team that might go to baggers or might add a baggers. It's like some crazy stuff going on in silly season and a lot to be decided. And so we'll be keeping you up to date on all that stuff. Sixteen. 16 races in baggers next year, huh? Eight rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's going to be and interesting. Maybe, maybe two more. Maybe, maybe two more races. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. As that moves forward, it doesn't happen, but, uh, yeah, as we know some stuff, but yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much where we're going with all that stuff next week. Obviously we're going to talk MotoGP Motegi and we'll talk world Superbike Portugal, from a man who will be standing trackside. When are you coming home, guy? I'm, a, I'm looking forward to it. I am, when are you coming home? I'm flying home Thursday. So, what? I mean, I know there's a few people that know, but some people don't. So, oh, Thursday. Oh, yeah. so you'll still be in Europe next week. I will be. So, I'm here now, obviously. I, I When I was in Jersey, it was just easier for me to fly over here and hang out for a few days uh, than to fly home and then fly back. But David and Simon are flying in here, and Tyler Olmstead. So they're all flying in here Friday. So we're going to the races Saturday and Sunday. And then all four of us, we're going to go ride Jerez on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Nice. That's not going to suck. Weather looks good. Really? So, yeah, well, the thing is, is like, you know, those guys all do the full factory track days with on the Mondays after all the Moto America races. Mm-hmm. And now they've done all the tracks. They're going to do it again next year, probably four or five of them. Um, but I get a, I've had such an, a huge amount of people that want me to put small groups together and go to Europe. And there are a lot of the tracks, Greg, that I've ridden. You know, I've ridden up most of them and I've raced at most of them. And yet we're going to Jerez and I've never raced there. But I've I've been there two or three times, never ridden it. So. Uh, I'm going with the track day organiza- organization that I've come to find out does a really good job. And if it works out, it's kind of a recon trip, you know, if it works out, uh, next year, there's a good chance we could be coming to like three to four to five different tracks here in Europe. So what days are you on the track? Monday, Tuesday, Mo- Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh, wow. So 90 degrees and partly cloudy yeah. 91 and then 90 on Wednesday. So yeah, with lo- lows only like sit right around 60 degrees. So that's yeah. pretty good. It's going to be great. I mean, it's not gonna... 100 and, 108 in Austin, which I know you love so much, but. I, I It's weird. I actually had fun there. I did. I actually had fun. And, but I think uh, Jerez, is, Jerez should be a pretty dry heat, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it's, um, and then on Wednesday night, the, the only bad part is, is we're going to, we're going to rip up to uh, Wednesday night. We got to drive it back up to Lisbon, which could be about a five hour drive. So we're going to mm. have three, three days on track. These guys, you know, well, Simon, he'll. If you turn the lights on, he'll keep going around. But <laughs> but maybe after three days, they'll be a little bit tired. And, uh, you know, we might get up there a little bit early into Lisbon. And then I come home Thursday. So Just stick an energy drink in Simon and give him the keys. Yeah, he'll, 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 he'll just keep riding and riding. And Tyler's, yeah. 
Tyler's in Switzerland right now, and and Kolb's in Culver City. Okay. Hey, hey, real quick, because it's the end of the podcast, so nobody's even listening anymore. But Kolb, have you you've been to Kolb's house? I know you've been denied to go there once, but I know you've been there too. <laughs> I've been there. Guess what he's fighting right now at his house? It's it's just beautiful. Mm. He's been out in his backyard shooting them with like a don't for all the animal people in the world. I don't want to hear about it. He's not shooting to kill. He's he's not sh- he's not shooting them with a real gun. It's shooting them with like not even a pellet gun, not even a BB gun. It's like I forget what it is. He's got skunks living underneath his house. No, it's so perfect, oh, isn't no. it? No. So they've been they put traps in his like literally on his grass and they caught a possum. So he's got possums and skunks in the middle of Culver City. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. And he's sending me pictures of now they've got him in cages because they're getting you know they're getting rid of him humanely, which is great. And um, but he's like he was I was we were calling him Carl Spackler from Caddyshack because he was literally at night he's got the night vision stuff going out in his backyard and he's getting these skunks that are like in his yard. He's like little bastards and he's. He's tracked them down and figured out they're coming from under his house. Of course they are. Only Kolb, huh? Only Kolb. Gotta love him, man. Gotta love him. Hey, everybody. It's been a long one. Thanks for listening to us. I'm pretty impressed we did this in an hour and a half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get some dinner G-Dub here at the hotel. And uh, for all of you that are listening still, thanks again. We've got Portimao, World Superbike. We've got Motegi, MotoGP this weekend. So there's still a lot of racing to watch. And um, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. See ya.